Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. A little later this hour, we will have our classic sports movie challenge. It is the fastest growing game show in all of sports radio. It is here in July and July only. Once things heat up in the football and sports worlds in August and moving forward, we put it on the back burner. We will have a classic sports movie. Intern Sam is on the job today representing the University of North Carolina. Joining us now, she has covered the Panthers in the NFL for a number of years. She recently jumped to TheAthletic.com. Some of you saw my recent contribution there on the ACC Network or perhaps other things. She now covers the Panthers in the National Football League full-time, all the time, next to our good friend Joe Person on that same beat, Jordan Rodrigue. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling athletic. You are athletic, and you get to hang out with a friend of mine for a long, long time, Joe Person. I'm not sure everybody knows how the athletic is structured, so I will just jokingly say, why don't I get invited to any of the really cool staff parties, right? I mean, it's not like I know you have Joe at practice every day, but it's not like you and Sarah Sivian and Rod Boone and, and I are, you know, uh, just kind of pontificating in a basement somewhere about, to, you know, this week's storylines. Yeah, you know, that's actually in our company memo, our handbook. It's that we don't invite you to things. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ask, tell Joe. Joe will tell you that's not always the smartest idea. You might want me there sometimes, Jordan, especially when the check arrives. I've been known to pick up a few of those. Okay, well, I might have to make some revisions there. <laughs> hey, I saw you write about your jump to the athletic. And just before we get into the Panthers and those headlines live from Spartanburg as Jordan joins us, I've been in this business for 32 years, and I have shared with people that I am in love with how the athletic is covering sports, you know, essentially – uh, as new an idea as I've seen, like in the 21st century. So I'm only a contributor, but I, I, I thought long and hard about ramping up that relationship. And I ended up pulling the trigger for a lot of different reasons. Share with us some of the things that you wrote about when you decided to leave the Charlotte Observer and jump to the Athletic Carolina. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a tough decision at times to think about, and I know you, you feel the same way because, you know, I, I grew up loving newspapers. I'm one of those rare millennials yep. that always loves to get my paper, and um, and I loved it. But I also, when, when The Athletic first came out um, and launched, um, the first thing I noticed was that how many writers that I just have the utmost respect and admiration for and, and want to write at the same level yep. as were – we're jumping aboard and really investing and believing in the product. And so kind of getting to know the product a little bit more first, you know, Joe and I were co, you know, co beat partners at the observer. And when it launched and we were kind of uh, learning about it from afar. And then um, when Joe, when Joe moved over, I got to kind of see, cause we still sat, sat next to each other yeah. in the press box. So we, I, I got to see more about just what their, what their mentality is. And it's believing in writers, and believing in good writing. And I don't think you get any better than that in terms of your man, your mantra, you know, there are not all of these kind of company uh, initiatives that you have to kind of plug into your stories there, you know, obviously the platform is gorgeous and writers. I mean, we love cadence and when it's, when it's interrupted by, you know, these autoplay videos or these pop-up ads, because, you know, some people in, in the corporate, in corporate think that, 
you have to pivot to video in certain ways or you're you're interrupting your in-depth reporting and your in-depth coverage because you know they want you to curate you know twitter reactions to something someone said you know you know on tv one time or something and so i just think that it's just it's a breath of fresh air to see such commitment to good reporting and good sports writing and you know the fans it's it's we, that's what we do it for. We we write for people to kind of see and peek inside our world, and the athletic really believes in that and really wants fans to feel a part of the the beat with us and to kind of feel like they're being carried along with us. And I've felt that so far. I mean, I always kind of joke with Sarah Sivian. This is the nicest. These are the nicest comments yeah, right? you'll ever see. On no internet, doubt about right? it. Like, no doubt about it. I've been around long enough that people used to place angry phone calls when they didn't like something that you wrote. I can tell you that I, there might be like a 1% angry troll factor, but elsewhere in the real world, that is a much higher percentage. Jordan Rodrigue, now of the Athletic Carolina, joining us on the David Glenn Show. Okay, to football, we're all scrutinizing Cam Newton's surgically repaired right shoulder beyond that one. Uh, and certainly if you saw something today, you could share it about Cam Shoulder. But beyond that, what is your personal number one camp question for these 2019 Panthers? Yeah, you know, that's a good point, David, because that's definitely like the the baseline for all observations <laughs> right. of that shoulder for, for Cam Newton. But um, I'm really interested in seeing how they've revived the defense. I think that that's one of the most important things um, that they could have done this offseason and entering camp. Um, not only how Ron Rivera will be running practices and how he will be making sure that his his footprint is is on this defense, but also um, how are how is everyone going to kind of respond to these things? I mean, you don't have a guy like Thomas Davis there anymore, so other people have to to step up in terms of that that leadership role. And then on the field, you know, you have a lot of guys who could be really really great um, in the right scheme um, kind of fell by the wayside a little bit I think KK short and Don Terry Poe could be great great players and KK we've seen has been a great player and Don Terry as well last year kind of kind of were quiet so I think this this is um, they, they're kind of a microcosmic example of what you want to see all across the board defensively and guys just getting that juice back in their step and guys kind of coming back to life a little bit. Um, because that was that was pretty that was a, a pretty huge problem for them last year, and it was it was the, the reason for many of those losses. Yesterday, it felt like most of the highlights were you know watching millionaires move into primitive college dorm rooms and stuff <laughs> like that. Today, I guess there's more actual football, right? What can you tell us about the phrase pitch count? For Cam Newton, a little baseball term, but Cam coming off of surgery, I guess it makes sense. And then what else have you seen today? What is a what is the first Thursday in Spartanburg look like? Yeah, so the the pitch count is interesting. I, I find it funny that the, the kind of the the dual sport references start to to become a lot more common when you're dealing with a guy who kind of his livelihood is his arm, much like a, a pitcher in baseball. So he will be limited, um, but not in the way that you kind of hear about, like a guy with a maybe a, a, a sprained knee or a guy who um, you know has a certain other injury. They're limited in the way where they're completely off to the sideline, working with trainers the whole time. Well, Cam will spend some of his time doing that, and and they want to make sure, most of all, that that range of motion is still where it needs to be. Um, 
their biggest focus is not carrying soreness over into a second day. So, sure, it is going to have, you know, the natural soreness that guys feel after they play the game of football. But the big goal is to make sure that that soreness is not carrying over and not extended because that was a huge problem for him last year. So they're going to limit his reps. They're going to they're going to map out everything from how far he throws, how hard he throws, who he's throwing to. Um, you know, are these guys in motion, are running in, in a motion, or are they, um, you know, are they standing still? Is he hitting targets? Is he, you know, all these different types of things they've mapped out over the course of this offseason to make sure he can kind of just get back into where he needs to be, and, and they're being cautious about it. And then this first Thursday, I always like to say, you don't see any of the real stuff until the pads go on, and that's not till this weekend. So you're going to see a lot of installation. Guys are kind of stretching their legs out. People will be excited because it's a kind of a kickoff party at Gibbs Stadium um, this afternoon. And people, I think these guys will be really excited, and you're going to just see, I think, more speed and kind of guys, uh, you know, playing against air a little bit more today. But when the pads go on this weekend, that's when stuff really gets exciting. Jordan Rodriguez joining us live from Spartanburg on the David Glenn Show. Find her work at The Athletic Carolina. You can also follow her on Twitter at Jordan Rodriguez. Now, I think – Darren Vaught probably talked you into punching me in the ribs with the DG, you're just not invited line. And I, I actually like Jordan even more because she took me down that way. It's, it's just <laughs> good natured and I respect that. But I literally was not invited to a place where at least Jordan, I don't know, maybe Joe Person as well, she got an early preview of the all-or-nothing TV series glancing back at the 2018 season for the Carolina Panthers. And I read all of your stuff. I have not viewed every episode. You clearly have, you know, given your special status and your <laughs> uh, extra special invitation. Uh, I'm fascinated by David Tepper. You wrote a lot about his role in this uh, multi-part docu-series or whatever they call it. Uh, you had some interesting things about Dante Jackson and F.A. Obata and, I mean, a cute scene where Cam Newton is being introduced to David Tepper's mom right there on the field at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, just sort of an open platform. You know so much about these people in this franchise. Give us some examples of things that even open your eyes as somebody who kind of knows it from A to Z. Well, I really thought it was interesting. So so earlier this year, I wrote about how David Tepper was stepping away from running his hedge fund, Appaloosa Management, yeah. and um, kind of divesting those assets back into hedge fund investors, which is huge because it's one of the most successful hedge funds in the world. And the reason why he's doing that is because, um, you know, he wants to run the Panthers full time. That's what he wants to do. And so he's now kind of a family business. And I, you know, I, I laugh when I think about that because I think about like, the you know the prince paper company and that's yeah. the office like you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> I'm like that's not it but <laughs> this is um it's it, that was really interesting to me seeing how how much he wanted to be around and how much he wanted to kind of be joking around on the sideline with players and you saw that every day but the level of investment that he's made personally into this team i think seeing him up in the box when he's clearly nauseous during that pittsburgh game and seeing him kind of get really into it with his fiance, I just think was was something that was really special for not just the fans to see, but a member as a member of the media who covers him and has to have kind of keep that perspective. Um, and the biggest thing that that kind of was like a foreshadowing of his decision to step away um, from Appaloosa and to kind of con- convert it into a family business uh, worth billions and billions of dollars, mind you. Um, I think that he was showing Ron. Um, all, all these 
things about the stock market, the various markets that he tracks on his phone. Um, and he's got a special, one of his phones, like a special Bloomberg phone. And so he's tracking all these things. And he turns around. He's like, you know, I just can't bleep and get away from it. That's the problem. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what he decided. Oh, my gosh. And so it was just really cool to see everything kind of click into place in that way. One other thing that I loved about it was Jordan's review, basically, of the All or Nothing. It's uh, an offering by Amazon Prime. Uh, it's original pro programming that became available to us commoners over the weekend a little bit earlier <laughs> for Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic Carolina. I think it's more me observing your article than what struck you because it's a long article, and I, I encourage other folks to check it out. But I was amused by Mrs. Rivera, Ron's wife, playing a drinking game in her luxury suite whenever Ron's big picture comes up on the Jumbotron. Uh, I was amused that apparently Luke Keekley is upset that like maybe little kids now know that he is not perfect and he occasionally drops an f-bomb i mean you you <laughs> you passed along so many just like human tidbits beyond the football what else struck you that way and what have you seen in terms of reactions from the guys because in luke's in some of these guys cases maybe they wanted all of this publicized in some other examples i mean there's this weird debate about whether cam is really a a better leader because of what we saw in that show or a lesser leader? I don't even know what to make of that, but I know some of the guys have shared some reactions so far. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I very, when people come out and criticize Cam in this show, I think that's nonsense. I honestly think that's complete and utter nonsense because not only does he come off really, really well in this show, that's who he is. I mean, we see this guy every single day. I've seen him every, almost every day, uh, probably 300 days a year, you know, for almost four years at this point. That is who he is. And I think that the way that he kind of takes everybody under his wing and knows when to talk somebody up, knows when to try to calm somebody down, all of those things, that is just something that is, in, you know, invaluable to a team. And so I, I think those debates are nonsense. I think he comes off great. But anyway, I think that some of these other human human elements um, are really interesting. You know, Luke does not want any of this attention, obviously. Um, I was talking to him, actually, as he was moving in. He moved in uh, Tuesday in, into his dorm at Wofford. Um, but he, he and I were kind of chatting a little bit on Wednesday, and he was kind of, like, the thing he was bummed about was that he didn't have a good day. Like, he didn't think he, when he was making his fishing lures, he didn't think they looked good. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's the detail that you come away with. Like, this is hilarious because that's how detail-oriented he is. And um, I think that the thing that really struck me that I cannot stop thinking about was Ryan Khalil um, crying by himself in the team yeah, meeting room yeah. um, at the end of the season and kind of slowly untaping his hands and just he's just overcome. And that was, um, you know how frustrating it must have been to invest so much of himself into this team for a decade and, um, and then to have it end that way and you can't control it and you can't do anything about it. And Ryan is a very, um, he's a very, I don't want to say type a, but he's very like, he likes to control the details of things, Yeah. but this was completely out of his control. And you see that human kind of um, anxiety and that human frustration and that sense of grief and loss because you just you simply cannot do anything you've given everything you have and I thought that that was just really striking 
Well put. And anybody who hasn't seen it, just picture the enormous man that Ryan Khalil is in the locker room, sort of untaping his own fingers and wrists, no trainers around, no teammates nearby. Ron Rivera comes through the locker room, sees him crying. I mean, truly, the the proverbial grown man is crying. He sees the end of his career coming. He knows the season's kind of swirling down the drain. He feels personally responsible. And Ron Rivera, in part of uh, Jordan's post, uh, comes in and basically gives uh, Khalil a hug. And Khalil's like, what, a 30-something-year-old man? And he says, I'm sorry to Ron Rivera through his tears. And Rivera's like, you're sorry, dude. Come on, man. We're all in this together. It was really a touching part of a, a well-done docu-series. Check it out. It's called All or Nothing. And, of course, check out Jordan Rodriguez's work at theathletic.com. We'll be calling you frequently. Uh, make sure you invite me to the occasional expensive party just so I can pick up the tab for everybody. Keep up the good work. Oh, I totally will. So <laughs> glad so glad to be on the same team, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jordan. Tell Joe I said hello. Joe Person is an old friend of mine from way, way back. Jordan Rodriguez, a new friend of the David Glenn Show. Appreciate having her today live from Spartanburg. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Intern Sam represents the University of North Carolina. And whereas he's not yet on hashtag National Intern Day, he's not yet one of the greatest former interns in David Glenn Show history. That's only because he's not yet a former intern. I, I'm not betting against him at all. The next step in his progress as a young man and as an intern He's responsible for today's classic sports movie challenge. It is the fastest growing game show in all of sports radio. We play audio from a classic sports movie. This contest comes along for one month and one month only. Only in the tumbleweed July on the sports calendar dog days of summer do we have it. So get in while you can. There are only so many winners left in this year's classic sports movie challenge. We show the interns a list of the 50 greatest sports movies of all time. As voted by you, the statewide DG Show listeners, the intern then gets to pick his or her classic sports movie. Darren finds the audio in the archives from one of the more famous scenes. And then the intern today, Sam, is tasked with dazzling us with little-known yet fascinating details about a movie that perhaps we thought we knew from top to bottom. The interns have not let us down even once all month long. We will have a classic sports movie challenge on the other side. We will have more of the NFL, Major League Baseball, Wyndham Championship, MLS, ACC Network, and other headlines a little bit later today. We are celebrating an anniversary today, Darren. Did you know this? It's not exactly a sports anniversary, but on this date in 1960, July 25th, 1960, Greensboro, North Carolina lunch counters opened to sitting customers of all races for the first time. That happened on July 25th, 1960. Now, that is an anniversary worth celebrating. Classic sports movie challenge on the other side. More of your phone calls a little bit later this hour. 1-800-849-2761 is how you may be the next winner of the classic sports movie challenge. Get ready with the audio, Darren, and get ready with those dazzling details, Sam. The classic sports movie challenge is next. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. 
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We do have a classic sports movie queued up. We are keeping you up to date with all the breaking news from the NFL, holdouts, injuries, live from Spartanburg with Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic Carolina. Appreciate John Beeson dropping by on life and sports and football and the new ACC network, the former Miami Hurricanes linebacker and Carolina Panthers and New York Giants player. Spent almost a decade in the NFL. Now a broadcaster for the ACC Network. Another rising star, intern Sam, has joined me on this side of the glass. He has been tasked with giving us dazzling details about today's classic sports movie. We will take your calls before Darren cues up the audio. This is the fastest-growing game show in all of sports radio. It's available only in the month of July, so we must say goodbye to it around this time next week. It will be back next year, assuming we are back next year. You just never know. But Darren Vaught is queuing up the audio. The first to correctly name this classic sports movie will get his or her pick from the DG Show prize closet. Then intern Sam will dazzle us with details. Darren, the correct answer is none of these. You ready? None of these. These are all previous winning movies in the classic sports movie challenge. Bull Durham. You must have had your choice of like 10 different scenes for the Bull Durham winner. Yeah, there are a dozen that we play with regularity. Rocky. Uh, at least a half a dozen really yeah, good scenes. Same. Cut me, Mick. Hoosiers, Slapshot, Miracle, Caddyshack, Bad News Bears, Field of Dreams, Tin Cup, Happy Gilmore, A League of Their Own. You know why? I kid you not. In a conversation with my own wife, the lovely and talented Maria, this week, I pulled out a Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan in A League of Their Own. The heart is what makes it great. I thought you were going to say there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> well, everybody knows that one. That's not my favorite scene from that movie. No. Remember, is it Dottie that's about to quit? Yep. And Tom Hanks, the manager, she's talking about it's hard, and I want to go home to my husband, and I play catcher, and life is difficult on the road. This is the heaviest scene of the movie, oh, I think. And Jimmy Dugan lays it in there with the lifelong pearl of wisdom. That's one of the greatest pearls in all of classic sports movie history. The hard is what makes it great. My wife rolls her eyes and just keeps going with her day, knowing <laughs> that I am just a geek for classic sports movies as I am a geek for classic sports movie challenges. Intern Sam feels that way, kind of, sort of, about this movie, which I have not named and will not name. I will simply say this as my hint today. Out of this year's classic sports movies, this would have been the hardest for me to get, personally. I mean, you throw any of those baseball movies my way. Sandlot, I'm hitting it out of the park. You know, football movies, remember the Titans we had? Any given Sunday we had, I'm hitting it out of the park. I mean, Rocky, obviously. I'm from Philly, for crying out loud. You can give me any of those 10 audio clips, I'm going to get Rocky right. This one varies person to person. Darren, you told me you this would have been easier for you than yesterday's slap shot movie from yeah, the hockey I, genre. I'm just, I'm just infinitely more familiar with this one. Interesting. I think I have only seen this movie one time, and I think the average classic sports movie I've seen like a dozen or more times. So for whatever that hint is worth, we invite your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Today's classic sports movie challenge audio followed by a winner, followed by intern Sam with dazzling details. Fascinating, yet little-known trivia 
about a movie that many of us hold near and dear to our hearts. Darren, cue up the audio. We have the lines jumping already. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. Here is the classic sports movie of the day. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. I see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... Pride! Pride! Right. Power! Power! I see a badass mother who won't don't take, take no, no crap off of nobody. Again, I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again, I see pride. Junior, I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's very right. <laughs> All right, the accents are a big, big hint. It would have been an especially embarrassing day for me as a host today. Were I the victim of both Jordan Rodriguez, well, we have parties, we just don't invite you to any of the cool athletic parties. <laughs> On the same day, if I were unable to identify my very own classic sports movie challenge, that would have been a pretty bad double. But I am not the contestant. I am merely an innocent or guilty bystander. We are coming to the phone lines now. Someone will name that classic sports movie. I do know it. But it is way fuzzier in my memory than most of the other candidates in our classic sports movie challenge. Cameron in Wilmington actually dialed us up prior to hearing the audio. Let's go to Cameron to see if he can name that classic sports movie. I always respect folks who dial us up before they hear the movie. That one's not easy. Cameron in Wilmington, can you name that classic sports movie? Hey, DG. Hey, man. Uh, I'm going to take a guess. Cool Runnings. That is correct. Yes. Wow. And you you did dial before you heard it, right? Correct. Was it all about the accent, or have you seen that movie one or more times? I've seen it a few times, and if, if John Candy audio would have been in there, it would have been easier, but that made it tougher. Correct. I agree with you entirely as the host of this program. Give me a little John Candy as what was his role. He was Irv Blitzer in that movie, right? I can hear Jimmy Cliff's I Can See Clearly Now, a beautiful song from that soundtrack. I actually remember the song and John Candy's role more than I remember some of those details and even the audio that Darren queued up. Karen, Cameron, you're a winner. Uh, would it have even made... This does not disqualify you. You've already won. Would it have made, like, your top 50 classic sports movie list? Did you like it that much? It was, it was definitely the latter half of the top 50, but I'm more of a baseball fan like you are, a baseball yeah. movie fan. Yeah, we'll, we'll let it into the top 50. It, it, intern Sam picked it from a list of 50, so it qualifies. Uh, for those who don't know, the Jamaican national bobsled team actually competed in a Winter Olympics. I might even say that sentence again just to make it clear. Think about, think of any country in the world being good at any sport in the world, just as a starting point. Like, wow, it's cold in Canada most of the time. They're good at ice hockey. Like, those things go together. They really love their soccer in South America. That also makes sense. It's an outdoor game. You don't need much more than a soccer ball. Darren, you could have a rolled-up ball of tape and pretend it's a soccer ball. You don't need to be a wealthy country. 
it doesn't really matter, although warmth for most of the calendar year helps. If you want to be a good soccer country, it is helpful to be in certain climates. If you want to be a Winter Olympic superpower, it helps to be in very different climates. Jamaica and the Winter Olympics do not go together in any context, really, except for this one. The movie was Cool Runnings. It was a comedy sports in honor of, loosely based on, the Jamaican bobsled team from the 1988 Winter Olympics in Alberta, Canada. Is that fair? Loosely based on a real story? Very, very loosely based on a real story. Maybe Sam has more details on that. Yeah, I don't want to steal any of his dazzling details. Intern Sam, representing the University of North Carolina, has joined me on our side of the glass. I hope I haven't stolen anything yet. Um, How did this movie hit your radar as one of the rising stars of the intern industry? Yeah, you know, I was looking this morning. I was trying to figure out which movie I would use for the hashtag classic sports movie challenge. And I think it was... uh, (laughs) I think what it, what caught my eye about it is it's a unique sort of movie. Not like you know, there's a, plenty of baseball, classic sports movies, uh, plenty of football, even basketball, things like that. But True. you don't get a lot of bobsled, uh, bobsled <laughs> movies that represent the Winter Olympic Games a little more. So I think that's part of what stuck out uh, for it. Sam strikes me as a march to his own drummer kind of guy, <laughs> on and off the field, as we say in the sports <laughs> broadcasting industry. Not a surprise that he goes a little bit off the board with cool runnings. All right, hit us with dazzling detail number one about today's classic sports movie. Yeah, so you mentioned John Candy, uh, his character Irving Blitzer, Irv. Uh, in the movie, the uh, the sort of background to his character is he was disgraced after cheating in a, a bobsled competition by putting weights in the sled to make it faster. <laughs> so that's how he ended up in Jamaica, and that's how he ended up coaching the Jamaican team. Uh, when in reality, in the sport of bobsledding, adding weight to the sled is actually totally legal. Uh, you can you can definitely do that. There's a minimum weight huh. and a maximum weight that you have to stay in between. And if you're below the minimum weight, it's totally legal to put weights in the sled to make it sort of hit that range. So that's actually sort of an in, inaccuracy of it's the movie. How many yeah. sports, Man, what a plot hole. How many <laughs> it, sports would allow that sort of legal tinkering? I can't I can't think of many, right? That sounds like it might be against the rules. Yeah, well, I mean, so That's like a dazzling for, detail. For Sam. instance, in baseball, you can use a heavier bat than another player True. or something like that. But, but I'm not allowed to use Vaseline to make my right. breaking ball break a little bit more Gaylord Perry style, right? Right. I mean, usually that sort of extraterrestrial tinkering is not allowed. Prohibited by rule. Learn something new. Sam drops some sports knowledge in the bob the bobsled category on us. Very well done. What's dazzling detail number two? Yeah, so also contrary to the story in the movie, uh, when the Jamaican team gets to the Olympics, all the other teams were sort of rude and sort of disdainful towards the Jamaicans. Uh, In reality, they were actually welcomed into the competition with open arms. All the other teams were really happy to have them there. And one of the other teams even lent the Jamaican team a backup bobsled. So they were welcomed a lot more than the movie would make it seem. Uh, They weren't, you know, sort of scorned by the other teams. So it would be much more like the 1960. We're celebrating the anniversary of Greensboro lunch counters on this day in 1960 being open to customers of all races for the very first time. Much more like that, much less like send them back from Greenville, North Carolina more recently. See the contrast there? The real world was one way with the Jamaican bobsled team. The fictional account was much different. You see the contrast there? It was 
let's see, 1960, Greensboro, North Carolina, 2019, Greenville, North Carolina. Only a select few, fortunately, need to be blamed for that disgrace. But think of the contrast, 1960 to 2019, a contrast fact versus fiction that Sam has dug out of the Cool Runnings movie. On to dazzling detail number three. Go right ahead. Yeah, so you mentioned how ridiculous it is that the Jamaican, you know, Jamaica even had a team that qualified for the Olympics yeah. in bobsled. But 1988 was not the only year that Jamaica has qualified for the Olympics in bobsled. They actually qualified for the 1992 Olympics as well. And as recently as 2014 in Sochi in the Winter Olympics in Russia, they did qualify a two-man bobsled team. And they also released an awesome song called the Bobsled Song to accompany it. I think we might have the audio. So Wow. Audio daily double. And this became a popular song. You know, for, for, do you have any Jimmy Cliff trivia? I don't want to step on your toes. Jimmy, no, I, okay. I don't. True story. I don't recognize this song. Did it become popular? I don't know how popular not, it became. Not radio. I, I don't popular. think I was I'm okay. familiar with it. Jimmy Cliff, do you guys of all generations know the song? I can see clearly now. It is a truly yeah. beautiful song. Jimmy Cliff is a fairly well known recording artist. In part because of this movie and it being on the Cool Running soundtrack, it re reached like top 40 status. And not just in our country, but like in other countries around the world. I think Canada, France, United Kingdom, etc., all had I Can See Clearly Now by Jimmy Cliff from the Cool Running soundtrack as a top 40 style hit way back in what would that be, the mid 1990s. I'm just trying to add to my own dazzling details <laughs> to intern Sam's hard work here. That's very well done. Appreciate the audio daily double aspect of today's classic <laughs> sports movie challenge. The interns have been working overtime with Darren. On to the next dazzling detail on the 1993 classic sports movie, Cool Runnings. Yeah, so uh, the original cast actually uh, was pretty interesting, pretty loaded up. The original cast was envisaged, envisaged by Disney to have Denzel Washington as Darius. Eddie Murphy as Sanka, and also Wesley Snipes is one of the other members of that bobsled crew. So that would have changed, that would have made the yeah. movie pretty interesting. Uh, that obviously did not end up happening, uh, but it would have made it, would have made it pretty interesting with that kind of all-star cast. That would have been, man. I'm trying to think, who, besides John Candy, who, who played a prominent role but wasn't the central figure, would we really even remember the names of any of the actors? No, because that would have been so. an all-star crew. Yeah, no one, no one else in that film, I think, was really an A-lister. No, I mm -hmm. didn't think so. That's another good tidbit, Sam. What's next? Yeah. So uh, also, uh, based, you know, so keeping on that theme of the cast, uh, none other than hip-hop legend Tupac Shakur auditioned for a role in that movie, and somehow, you know, I figure if you're a movie executive and Tupac comes up to your audition. You figure you can maybe find a way to fit him in, but yeah. I guess they just said, no, there's no room for you. So, Tupac, too. Yeah, that, that would have been that would have legendary. the bus factor quite a bit, no? You'd think, yeah. Wesley Snipes and the rest of that all-star team <laughs> would have helped as well. Uh, by the way, do you have financial numbers on this, or can I add another detail? I don't have any financial That's numbers. That's all right, no problem. I'm, I just want to make sure I didn't step on Sam's toes. Budget, $17 million. Box office revenue, $155 million. That's, again, before... DVDs and merchandising and all the rest. That would be considered, I think they call in the industry, a good ROI. Yeah. 17 million in, 155 million out. 
I would not have guessed that about Cool Runnings. I just kind of looked it up while Sam was talking. Go ahead, Sam, on to your next dazzling detail. Yeah, actually, on that theme, I think I read at the time when they released it, it was the most successful box office uh, live-action film that Disney had wow. ever released. So, wow. yeah, it was it was a definitely smash hit. Uh, it was also uh, the last John Candy film that was released while he was alive. Mm. Obviously, he died uh, from a heart attack in 1995. This was released in 1993. There were two other John Candy movies that, ca that came out posthumously, but this was the last one that released was released while he was still alive. So uh, A sad, dazzling detail, yeah. but nevertheless a dazzling detail. Mm -hmm. uh, we needed the Kleenex on National Intern Day for different reasons. Pass, <laughs> pass the Kleenex. I miss John Candy. You know, what is it about the, the, some of the funniest people that they leave us early, right? I mean, I still think of Tommy Boy as the movie character. Technically, it doesn't qualify as a classic sports movie. But Chris Farley, John Candy, and some others like them, they just left us too early, man. They, they make me laugh to this day. On to your next dazzling detail. No Kleenex needed over here. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, so this is... I guess I would call it a slight spoiler. I feel like if you haven't seen the movie, you wouldn't really. It doesn't really spoil that much. Uh, but, in 2019, you know, man, folks, there's folks no such thing as a cool running. Twenty-five years to check <laughs> out <Yep>. cool runnings. <laughs> Twenty-seven years later, it took you that long. Yeah, but anyway, so the crash at the end of the movie that they showed the Jamaican team crashing, that was actual footage from the real-life Jamaican bobsled team that crashed at the 1988 Olympics. So there's a long sort of crash sequence at the very end of the movie that's all taken from the real footage of that. That I remember from mm -hmm. the real world. It's like, what are these Jamaican guys doing? And it turned from a great story, you know, Jamaica in the Winter Olympics, what are they doing there, to like a scary story. Because if you haven't seen the bobsled competition before they're going fast and leaving the track is a possibility or having your vehicle land on top of you hurts so that that is another dazzling detail what else do you have intern sam yeah so this is sort of based on the crash but uh the movie sort of bounced around between several different directors who was subject to a lot of rewrites and uh, apparently the only line that it was in the finished product that came from the original version of the script was sanka you're dead which, of course, is respond, yeah, man. <laughs> so that was the only thing that made it, uh, <laughs> made it survive the cutting room floor. Well done. You get those creative minds all in the same room, man. They're going to tug and pull at that script. That, you knew that was a good line if it made it through every last variation. How are we doing on your list? Uh, we're getting towards the bottom, but there are a couple more tidbits I Go can ahead. always throw at you. Rattle I off. sort of mentioned this already, but a lot of the actual television uh, footage from the NBC coverage of the Olympics was used for the film and edited into the movie. So there is, I mean, it's loosely based on a true story. None of the characters are really based on their real-life counterparts, and also John, John Candy's character, Irv, is not a real, it's sort of a fictional character. But that is one thing that they did very authentically, is they used a lot of footage from the actual coverage of the Olympics. Go ahead. Keep, in, keep going. All right. I'll keep going down my list here. Uh, Stir It Up, by the way, is also <laughs> on the soundtrack. It's not the Bob Marley version of Stir It Up, but also on the Cool Running soundtrack, just to give Sam time to find his place. Yeah, so another uh, interesting fact, the actor that played Sanka, which is the actor's name is Doug E. Doug, uh, in the movie, Sanka has a lucky egg that he keeps with him at all times, even in the bobsled, and it never breaks, despite many different crashes and stuff like that. The actor that played Sanka actually still has that egg to this day, although it is made of rubber in real life, uh, so, but he has oh. kept it on him, so <laughs> Very kinda, cool. it's a little bit of a cheat there that it's made of rubber, but... Uh, I can keep going down here if you want. I one of the most sure famous most famous <laughs> egg since Tom Cruise in Risky Business. <laughs> Anybody yeah. else get that yeah. reference? Uh, Sorry, I like that's it. a glass egg. A little different. <laughs>
but very central to the plot, if you recall. So uh, the other thing is, in real life, in the 1988 Olympics, the four-man bobsled team finished with a time of 58.04 seconds. Uh, they did fictionalize it in the movie a little bit. They cut them down by just about a second and a half. And the movie, their best run, was like 56 and a half seconds. So they cut it down. They made it a little faster in the movie than it was in real life. I guess sort of trying to, trying to dramatize it a little bit there. For those considering it, Cool Runnings does have a rating of 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, some of you trust that website, among others, on whether a movie is worth your time. That's a pretty good number, 76%. It has also been described, cool, run, cool Runnings is described as rising above the formulaic sports movie themes with charming performances, light humor, and uplifting tone. It's almost a shot at the classic sports movie challenge right there, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, Rotten Tomatoes. Maybe it wasn't it's directly insulting intended all for all other us. classic sports movies everywhere. Those not... A part of our classic sports movie challenge, clearly falling below that bar. All right, Sam, I'm out of town. time. I thank you for your time and contributions to today's program. Of we course. are back after this. Last call for phone calls and some more headlines from around the NFL. Another classic sports movie challenge in the books. Another winner. We love winners here at the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. There he is, little Jimmy Cliff. I can see clearly now. I can see clearly now on this sports headline. And because I can see it clearly, I can share my sentiments. Mac is back in Chapel Hill. Two-pronged follow-up to the news earlier today or yesterday that Carolina has sold out its football season tickets for the first time in quite a while. 20, they only take 28 to 29,000, so it's not like every game is sold out. All schools have a cap on season tickets, single-game tickets still available in most cases. But that's impressive at a school far more note famous for its passion for men's basketball and sometimes even other sports than for football. Mac Brown, on the one hand, clearly has energized the Tar Heels on the recruiting trail. Anybody who follows such things knows that that had sagged under Larry Fedora. Dave Doran has done a great job of kind of claiming the state to a degree for NC State as his program has become a consistent winner. Nine wins the last two years, going to a bowl virtually every year since his, well, every year since his first season in Raleigh. Mac Brown, part of his job description is to reverse that. He's doing that on the recruiting trail. And that's reason for optimism, but that's for further down the, the road, right? Mac Brown also is responsible for two of the best seasons in Carolina football history, but that was 20 years ago. Mac Brown's also one of five coaches. There are only five active at the FBS level that can say, I personally have led an FBS team to the national title. It is Nick Saban. It is Dabo Sweeney. It is Jimbo Fisher, who did it at FSU and is now, of course, at Texas A&M. It's Les Miles, who's back in college football at Kansas, of all places. And it's Mac, who did it at Texas. We'll see what he can do at Carolina. But again, I think it's going to take some time for that good recruiting to pay off in terms of wins and losses. When I look at the four in-state ACC football teams, 
I see proven quarterbacks at Wake, and even to a to a degree, David Cutcliffe trusts his fifth year senior at Duke. I see more experience most other places. Mac in year one is going to have a hard time just making a bowl, and maybe that means it's an even greater credit to that often criticized football fan base that they have sold out their season tickets in year one. Final thoughts and TV picks as we come down the stretch next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. And yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. Thanks to our special football guests, John Beeson and Jordan Rodrigue. Thanks to intern Sam and the rest of our crew on National Intern Day. Enjoy Yankees, Red Sox, and other games tonight. We'll see you tomorrow on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say... I love the state of North Carolina. love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.